Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Got a special interview episode for you all today with the one, the only, Pamela Anderson, a true queen, icon, and legend. Now, I was so excited to get to talk to Pamela about her documentary, which premiered on Netflix at the end of January. It's called Pamela, A Love Story. It's all about her life. It's so fascinating. It's incredible. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it immediately and then come back to this. But the documentary, it's, of course, all about Pamela's life, all about everything that we know from the public consciousness, but also uh, there was so much going on behind the scenes that were was eye-opening from this documentary. So encourage you to watch it. It was directed by a guy named Ryan White, and it was produced by Brandon Thomas Lee, who's Pamela's son with Tommy Lee, of course. And uh, Brandon, you might recognize from the Hills reboot, who was one of the cast members for the two seasons of the Hills reboot on MTV, but he produced the documentary. And uh, I got to interview them all for this live event for Netflix. And Netflix was kind enough to let me do it as like a crossover, everything iconic episode. So you can all hear it here. We did it on Mother's Day too, which unfortunately I didn't get to spend Mother's Day with my mom, uh, Queen Linda Pellegrino, but I did get to spend Mother's Day with uh, my spiritual mother, Pamela Anderson. So I hope you all enjoy this chat. There's some really interesting stuff. I mean, she tells this story, I don't want to give it away, but this story about a bathing suit and an intruder, it's it's fascinating stuff. And so watch the documentary and hopefully you enjoy this chat about the documentary uh, with these three. And I will play it in just a second, but I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also check out Pamela's new book. It's a memoir that she wrote herself and it's uh, also really interesting and a great um greatly complimentary to the documentary. And you can pre-order my upcoming book called The Jolliest Bunch, which is out October 24th. Pre-order wherever books are sold. And I will now play this chat with Brandon, the producer of Pamela, A Love Story, Ryan White, the director of this movie, and of course, Pamela Anderson. Thank you, guys. <laughs> okay, everyone just watched the movie. How are you all feeling now? The movie came out back in the end of January. Ryan, we'll start with you. How are you feeling? I feel great. I mean, I haven't seen Pamela in a couple months. You go through this hurricane when the film's coming out, and we went to a bunch of cities together, and then you know you move on to other things. And so to get to be reunited with Brandon and Pamela um, is really fun, and to watch how the film has been received um, was exactly what we were hoping for. We never, I knew Pamela was really famous. I had no idea the amount of interest there would be in watching her story. I've made a ton of documentaries, I think 15 at this point, and I think this one is by far the most popular, at least using public conversations as the litmus test. Everybody wants to talk to me right. about making this film. Well, we were at a wedding last week, and my boyfriend at some point was like, all you're going to do at this wedding is talk about Pamela Anderson. That's everyone coming up to you wants to know what it was like to work with her. So I feel great. 
And Brandon, it's Mother's Day, of course. We Mother's Day here. Um, shout out to all the moms here. Uh, but Brandon, it must be so gratifying uh, to see the response from this movie. How have you been feeling since it came out? I think we all had expectations of what we thought this film was going to be like. You know, three years ago, if you told me that this was going to be the reaction, I would have been, I, I mean, I just wouldn't have believed you. I, I knew, you know, everyone knew my mom, but they they didn't really know her the way that I knew her. And the goal with this film was to just give a glimpse of what I get to see from from that perspective and from Ryan's perspective as well. But really the goal, like just for people to kind of see this woman as, you know, who she is and not just this caricature or this, you know, sex symbol or whatever all the other labels were. But I think the film really does that. Like just watching it. And I remember, you know, the first time I watched and I was like, you know, this is what I see. You know, and that I think is the really special part about this film is just people getting to know her for who she really is. The positive strive through adversity with grace. Amazing person and mother too. I think you really get to see that in this film. You know, she's put a lot on her shoulders in her life and no matter what, it was always me and my brother, you know, came before everything. And it was a lot of opportunities that she had to push aside because of that. So I think... I'm really happy we showcased that in the doc. You got to see the relationship between, you know, me and my brother and, and her. So, yeah. yeah. I was telling you backstage, I come from a family of boys and it was so relatable seeing how protective Pamela was of the two of you. And then watching the two of you older in the movie, seeing you so protective of her, it was just a beautiful, I don't know, a very special thing. Pamela, I'm curious, opening up your life like that must have been intense and have you heard after the documentary has come out, after your brilliant book came out, have you heard from people that have related to your story that maybe you wouldn't have expected? Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people after the watching the documentary and they just, it resonated with so many women, um, so many families. And I just felt this outpouring of love and being rooted for. I didn't feel that before. I know that's not kind of, that's. I just feel like it's been... It's been, I mean, the film, I'm glad, I'm glad these guys made it. I mean, it's really hard for me to watch. I don't, haven't really watched even the whole thing all the way through. Like I just, it just gives me like a stomachache because it, and this feels kind of self, you know, um, right now, even promoting the film and, and everything, I always feel kind of like embarrassed. Like, why am I promoting myself? But really I'm promoting my son's project. I was just the subject matter. I you know, and I, and I just, I'm here to support Brandon and Ryan and everybody that works so hard on this film. It, it was a lot. You know, I'm not the easiest person to work with either. So <laughs> <laughs> I just have my ideas. You know, I just feel so strongly about things. And I, it's not really about the, um, it's just, I don't know. It just, I just feel like everything is an art project. So I really, I'm very, very pleased with um, the reception. And, you know, it's just, it's just fun. But like when I walked into the green room today and I saw part of this, thing, I can you turn that off? Turn that off. I can't see it. Please turn it off. I love you know, that because we're so just, interested in you and we're like, so I'm so, I, I was eating up every moment of the documentary and I don't know, I think it's a testament to how pure of a person you are, that you're like, I, I want to do this and I want to do it in the most artful way. Uh, but then I, you know, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. I, 
I think well, that's it makes me uncomfortable because it's it's really true and it's really. And I've not really been a person like to kind of hide, you know, I, I just kind of, like I said, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to jump off the bridge. I just want to give a hundred percent. And I said, this is actually a really hard time in my life, like especially three years ago. And I said, I just want to look like me. I am just not feeling great about myself. You know, I just want to tear it all away, strip it all away. This is not something that's going to be polished or airbrushed or, or anything. I just said, this is me and it's good enough. It is what it is. Right. So... <laughs> Ryan, there was a moment in the film where Pamela says, I don't want to see this. Take all of these videos, take it and run with it. And I would imagine there's a lot that you had to cut. And I'm curious, what can you tell me about what you had to cut? Well, Pamela, well, first of all, Pamela said she's not the easiest to work with. I have to say, I've worked with, I've worked with a handful of celebrities. I've made a ton of docs about non-famous people. Pamela might be the easiest person I've ever worked with on a documentary. In that sense, because she was so raw and honest from the very beginning. And there was no pretenses. There was no, you know, like, you will never get Pamela to do a second take or to say something again. She'll be like, that moment has passed. You, you know, should have seen the PR photos backstage. We tried to just get I was going to say, I don't think the photographer's too happy with me backstage. But it was just weird. There was a weird light in my face. I was like, can you just stop that light for a second? And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm here. And plus, I want to take pictures with the guys. I said, just the three of us or nothing. Because this show, this movie, and these, this, the reason that we're here tonight, I'm here to support the filmmakers. And it's what, it, it's what makes her one of the best documentary subjects I've ever worked with. From the very beginning, Pamela was not interested at all in the film. She was interested in the process. She loves an art project. Like she said, she was very collaborative. She liked it when I was there and we were working together. And then when I was gone, I think I was uh, like out of her mind. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's rare. It's super rare for a celeb documentary that someone is that uncontrolling of the process in a documentary. And so like she said, she handed over all of that footage and all of every single diary that Pamela Anderson has ever written. If we could fit it in our cargo van that we drove back from Canada came back and Pamela, like, like she said, she still has barely watched the film. So she still doesn't even know which moments we chose from her entire lifetime of inner thoughts. And so for someone, um, especially of her level of fame and celebrity to be that, vulnerable and that's what you want in a documentary subject whether they're famous or not you want that vulnerability on camera is incredible and so uh, Pamela I, I, I will say it again was one of the easiest documentary subjects um, in that way and a joy to work with in that way Brandon I'm curious when you were growing up what was there a moment of your childhood or in school or something where you had a realization of who your parents were does that make sense I, yeah, I mean, it's going to sound ridiculous, but I remember, I think, gosh, I don't know. I think this was when I was in like elementary school, probably a point in elementary. I was going home with a friend of mine and I, they were taking me home from school that day and I was going to go to their house to like have a play date or whatever. I can't remember where, um, where everybody else was. But, you know, no one was taking photos of them leaving school and I kind of like snuck out and there was no paparazzi or any, you know, camera crews chasing us around. So I was like, What's like, is there something wrong with you guys? Like, is there, why is there no, like, the where are the photographers? Are there, is there something like, you know, what, like what's going on? And that's, I think, when I was, I think they, everyone looked at me in the car and then I, I think we, I think I might have talked about it with her when I got home. I was like, what's, you know, why does no one take photos of my friends' families? And then she was like, oh, we've created a monster, you know? <laughs> 
And Pamela, I think I saw in an interview, you said, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but that you hired a PI at one point to be with Brandon. Oh, I did a lot of things. Oh, no, Indy, Indy. I did a lot of sneaky things like that just to kind of make sure they were safe. Like I hired like a, uh, yeah, Indy, PE. He was a, you know, like a, like an assistant to the PE, but he was really security that I hired for the school just because I had people come to the school and try and take them off the playground. I mean, there was really, there was some frightening moments and I didn't want them to feel like they were, you know, I just didn't want that. I just wanted to be kids. So yeah, I did weird things like that. But I remember one time you're at a surf camp and I went to pick him up at surf camp and Brandon came up to me and he goes, are you Pamela Anderson? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what is that? Why are they all talking about you on the, what's, what's going on? Is that good? Is it bad? What's, what's happening? <laughs> uh, Ryan, was there anything in the documentary that you were nervous about how it would come across? Well, I think the archival was so personal um, to her. Like she had never watched any of that stuff. So those moments um, in our film where, Pamela's popping in those tapes. Those are totally organic. They aren't like stage moments. In fact, Pamela would, that was the first visit with Pamela in Canada and she would never do it again in the way that Pamela won't do second takes. I was like, could we watch a little more archival with you? And she's like, no, 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 no. That was, that was too much. So that was actually just Pamela wandering in. I always, I always, um, equate Pamela to like a fairy. She's always kind of floating around, even uh, even in her own space. And so she would kind of float down even when we were working and she was popping in a few tapes. And I said to my camera people, like, pick up the camera. She's, she's watching the footage. And so those were the really... Uh, we, we were really careful about those moments that we had to decide to choose because I think we had hundreds of hours of archival footage in the end. And that wasn't just Pamela and Tommy. That was all of her relationships and the boys. And um, being very careful about how we chose those moments, especially knowing that one or many of those tapes had been robbed of them and used in a way that totally took advantage of her and affected her life um, and career. And so um, we were very choosy in the way that we chose those scenes um, and edited those scenes and making sure that they were, because we knew Pamela wasn't going to be signing off on it because she didn't want to watch it, that we felt like that they were you know, truly representative of her and her relationships. And how did this project get started? Was it something that you all had decided you wanted to do or did Ryan approach you or how did this whole thing get started? Brandon started it. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, the longer version of that is I think, you know, a couple years ago, I just, I think it was a very interesting time in her life. She was going through a lot and I just said, you know, there is a lot of things that have happened to this family that just are I feel like just, it just feels like there's this weight on top of everybody walking around like that, you know, just everyone's talking about you and they don't know anything and they don't know the full story. And you have this like weight on your back of, I know the truth, but nobody else does. And I think a couple of years ago, I just went to her and I said, listen, now is the time to tell your story. And, you know, whether you want to write a book, do a documentary I want to do this. I'm like, I think, I think we should make a documentary about your life. And I think the amount of people that you will inspire and the amount of things people will learn and the way you will be looked at and received will be so different. Mm-hmm. And I hear myself, like I think about that I said all these things 
years ago and to see it finally happening like it still like makes me feel it's very it's a special time for yeah. this family and i went out i found we interviewed a lot of people for this project and and once we kind of stumbled upon ryan because that was the, the that was the thing right like we had to find a director that for when she doesn't like everybody like it's not like <laughs> yeah, know. you know it's not it's not it's not that easy so, energetic. <laughs> so to I find will. somebody that i thought would kind of just she'd feel comfortable around and be able to open up and tell all these you know really hard things and the planning phase of this is what took so long right to find the right partners to make this and you know after we found ryan it was kind of like it got made pretty quickly after that it all just kind of happened yeah and pamela were you on board like right away or did it take convincing i said no yeah how many times i said no i said no but then i also said well you know just, just tell me later on when it's kind of more together if it's happening or not. And plus, I said I didn't save anything. I go, I don't have anything. I, I, I'm not like that. I'm not a hoarder. I don't save photos and videos and stuff. I don't have anything. And then we went up into the archives, and I'd saved everything. <laughs> it's that mother thing. It's like you just like you're a different. Per, you know, you think you're somebody that you're you're not. I don't know. Anyway, um, but it's a funny story how even Ryan came on board because he didn't want to do it. Right? I did say no thank you at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? Ryan, what? No, this has not been easy. Knowing nothing. I, in general, I say no thank you to most celebrity yeah. projects. And I had these preconceived notions of who Pamela Anderson would be. She was the most famous. I'm, I'm born in 1981. So she is the most famous person in the world when I'm coming of age, when I'm a teenager. And then just kind of disappeared from my consciousness once, once I became an adult. And I didn't know why. Uh, and so I just assumed, I came with all these preconceived notions notions that I feel like a lot of our audience members probably did. And I wanted our film to unravel those because once I finally met Brandon and he persuaded me, I was kind of saying like, "Mm, I'm I'm really wary of making celebrity films. And he said, just get on a Zoom with my mom. I think you guys are going to find each other really funny. Uh, And that really intrigued me like because I didn't think of Pamela Anderson as funny. wasn't the first adjective that came to mind. I got on a Zoom with Pamela and she was hilarious. From the moment the conversation began, I was so entertained and it was so uninterested in the documentary itself. It was just personal connection. And then she sent me the first draft of her memoir and it blew me away, the life story that I didn't know about. And then I was on board. Uh, And I think I was in Canada a few weeks later and we began. I I think both of us are people like that. Like we're we're, we're no, 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 kind of like rebels by nature. And then once we say yes, we dive in, all in. And so from the very first day I was there, it was like her throwing her heart on the table and it was, we're doing this together. Yeah. It's interesting. We look back on the 90s and the early 2000s through, of course, the lens of today. And we look at the way the media treated women specifically back then was terrible. And Pamela, I'm curious, after the documentary, after your book, have you heard from contemporaries, like other people in media? I saw an interview you did with Drew Barrymore, and she seemed to be able to connect with you on certain things. But I wonder, do you hear from other people within the media or celebrities that had similar experiences that you were able to connect on? I've had a lot of people reach out to me and support me and send letters. I mean, everyone like from all over, all, all across the entertainment industry that are, were really happy for me and, and happy that I told my story or just like people that come up to me if I'm traveling and it's been really very supportive yeah. and very, 
uh, also this camaraderie too, because yeah, it's, it is, you know, it's a sketchy kind of business sometimes. And there's things that we gotta, we get through and get through with a smile on our face, but no one knows how much we've all gone through from our childhoods up until the point that you kind of meet somebody. And so I just always have felt it's important to be kind to each other. You don't know where you come from. And so that's why I was happy to kind of tell my story too, because everybody has a story and um, we just have to be good to each other. (laughs) We have to take a quick break here. We'll be back with much more. Uh, Isn't Pamela so sweet? It was funny. This was a live event. So right before we went on stage, she's like, make sure you keep the focus on them. You know, she's, she was shy. So even though this documentary is about her, I, even right before we went on the stage to do this Q and A, she's like, you know, ask them the questions. You know, she, she was nervous and she was shy. And I, I just thought it was really sweet, but she uh, couldn't have been nicer. All three of them were just so incredibly kind to me. And so I'm so grateful. And to everyone at Netflix, they were very kind to me as well. So uh, I really appreciate them asking me. And uh, we will be right back with more from these three. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Ryan, I want to go back. Was there a chunk that you didn't get to include or something that you really wanted in this movie? Anything specific that if there was a sequel we would get? Yeah, well, it's funny because we just we just saw the exhibit in the other room and it has the the red bathing suit and there was this incredible and incredibly horrifying story that Pamela told us, you should tell it instead of me, um, about finding someone in her home involving the bathing suit that was an incredible scene in our film that just felt tangential to like, you have to figure out in the end what your film is about. And we felt like our film was about love and romance and that throughout Pamela's life and the generations of family. And so things that feel tangential in the end often end up on the cutting room floor no matter no matter how entertaining they are, but that was that was one story that comes. Can we hear entertaining? It? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had. I, I my mom was in the hospital. My dad was coming into town, uh, so I was preparing a room for him. And someone came upstairs and said, "Pamela, there's someone sleeping in your bed." And I said, "I was thinking very Goldilocksy, like something like maybe my brother's wife or maybe someone just snuck in the back door." And we went into the room, and there was a woman in there wearing my red bathing suit, speaking French. Um, blonde hair and then she gave me a letter that said she wanted to touch me and that um, that she was there for that and she had a lot of my clothes under the bed she'd been there for a while and then she cut her wrists with glass and uh, it was just this panicky moment and I grabbed the kids and we went outside and um, we, but I anyway, think we found out because she was like Stealing bread or something. No, she was kitchen, stealing. Right? There was a lot of little like, things all the going bread missing. Going? The bread, like my jean jacket, like just funny things. So I was like, I'm losing my mind. It's you know, happen. I you know, yeah, I've lost my mind. Like I could have sworn I just bought bread yeah. yesterday. But it was all under the bed, and it was kind of like a room oh. that had an outside entrance too. So she came off the beach, and and anyway, she was deported back to France, and she had some issues, and her family was happy to have her back, and I was happy to see her go. And the, and the police asked me if I wanted my bathing suit back, and I said, no, it's, it's okay. Thank you very much, though. But oh she can God. just give it to her. Give it to her. Take it and go. Let her keep it. Lots of weird, you know, lots of scary moments, but I don't know. I feel kind of like Mr. Magoo. I just somehow just skate through everything. Just things just line up, and somehow I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the red bathing suit, of course, is iconic, and there's been a lot of uh, celebrities that have taken some of your iconic looks. I think Megan Fox, Kim Kardashian. Do you get flattered by that when you see someone recreate like a VMA look or the Baywatch look? Well, once you're a Halloween costume, you've made it, right? 
I like Baywatch, barbed wire. I used to, when I, I used, I used to give out caramel apples to everybody. It's famous for knowing I'm a caramel apple giver in the, in the colony in Malibu. And people would come as me and Tommy, me and Kid Rock, me and like Baywatch and just like everyone's like, ha ha. But there's like so many of them that was like came by like that. It was different. It was funny. <laughs> Do you have a favorite of all of those? Like, is there one look no, where you're I like, just, oh, no, I don't know. I just know. It just all, it's all that caricature part of it. I mean, it is, it is flattering, but, and it is funny that it seems like each of those moments, like Baywatch and that kind of stuff is a Halloween costume. So that kind of makes me feel like, and a lot of drag queens too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, I'm barbed wire. <laughs> I'll never forget my brother renting barbed wire. I mean, my older brother had loved you and he, I remember him renting barbed wire and I stole the VHS from his room and I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I love her. Oh but I, I was a gay kid. So I just like, I was like, she's beers. Anyway. <laughs> Brandon, do you ever remember being on sets with your mom? Like, where, where, do you have any memories of being on any? Uh, I actually do. Yeah. I remember Baywatch. They used to make me, because I, I used to love Dr. Seuss, but um, I, uh, I remember they'd make me green eggs and ham. What? Every day. Really? Green Every eggs day. and ham? Oh, on the, the craft service? Truck. Yeah. Wow. The catering truck did any, yeah, they loved you guys. They just like... I had my dog, oh, my kids, green and eggs and ham. I actually have a good that I have really memory. Remember, I think you reported me stolen. What? I know. I just wouldn't go to set until I found my babies. No, 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 no. You reported me stolen. Remember, grandma you went stolen. You went stolen. You were just, you were just wandering. Me. You were going. You were going. And I said, "Where are my babies?" I was screaming for you guys, <laughs> and I was really concerned. I just didn't know where they were. So, like what actually happened versus what I remember as a three-year-old kid. You know, I don't no, know. I you think- were on. He was on lots of sets. I mean, it, in my trailer with me. Um, I think I speak for everyone. We're coming out of the documentary. We all want to know what you're going to do next, Pamela. I, I feel like you've gotten that question about, will you join White Lotus? We all want you on White Lotus. Or <laughs> we've heard that question a million times. But I think the really the root of that is just everyone is so excited because you're having this renaissance. And, and we're, we just want to know, we're rooting for you. We want to know what, what do you want to do next? Got some things in the works. Got some things in the works. No, but I also just, I also don't really know yet. I always feel like something great is just around the corner. And that's how I've always lived my life anyway. But this, it really feels like something great is coming around the corner. I just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> so we're just living in the mystery. That's the best, best way to live. That's a ro- romantic life, staying engaged in the world and, and just staying with your heart open and good things come. Yeah. Brandon, what do you want to do next? I'm still digesting everything and trying to figure out what's next. I think, you know, I just moved into my new house. So I'm going to enjoy that for a second with my dog who's been gone for a year. I've been looking after him. She just brought him back. I just drove him from Ladysmith all the way here. Yeah. So we had a good road trip. Wait, so do you two, you two like working together? Would you want to work together again? We work together every day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're working together. We have this family business kind of now where him and Dylan and I, we kind of just think about things we want to do and, and they're so good at business and I'm so not good at business. And I feel like there's so many things in my life that I didn't do because it just didn't with the timing and I couldn't focus on it. And I, and I, but now I'm like, I will do it because I'm doing it for the team. I'm doing it for us. It's not just doing it for me anymore. So I'm, I'm doing some, it just, it's kind of opened up a lot more things for me. I, I'm thinking a little bit differently, like a grown up. It was so, so fascinating. I mean, we talked a little bit about that red bathing suit, but I know you have a, a partnership right now for a bathing suit line. And, and it's interesting kind of looking back on that era and 
now you're able to capitalize off that. But back then, I think pre-social media, there wasn't, a, it wasn't as easy of a road to take of, you know, I, I, should- I, mean, I had a lot of people try and ask me to do bathing suit lines my whole career, but you know, I was like, wanted it to be sustainable. I wanted it to be, you know, it, it you know, that's, it's so many crazy things. Like people used to think I was crazy because I was vegan like 20 years ago. And people just said, we're not going to do, we're not going to make, we're not going to do biodegradable packaging made out of corn. Like you're crazy. And now everyone's making biodegradable packaging out of corn, just a little bit ahead of my time. So now we're putting all that in, and it's in fashion now. So now I feel like I waited. I also did the bathing suit line with Frankie's, who was a little girl who grew up with my kids in uh, Paradise Cove, one of the Cove rats, one of the little kids. And so I'm so happy to see her do so well. So I wanted, so I'm glad I saved this time to do something with her to support her as a young kid I saw growing up. You know, I don't mean to jump around, but I wanted to ask you about your acting work. And is there, we of course saw that triumphant moment at the end where you're uh, performing on Broadway. And it is, would you say that's the acting you're most proud of? Or is there a moment that you're most proud of acting wise? Uh, when I did the, when I, I just didn't know what I was capable of. I just wanted to find out what I was capable of. I wanted to throw myself into something. I don't know if I could sing or dance or act or anything, but I found I could do it all together. At the same time, like everything supported each other. And I remember the opening night and looking out into the audience and seeing my sons in the front of, you know, just in front of me and looking at me with just so much pride. And I'd never seen that before when it came to my work, obviously as a mother, but I needed to do that. So it was just really a powerful moment. And I appreciate doing it. I know Barry keeps calling me to come do an encore. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of want to leave it as it was. It was such a great experience, just the whole thing, the whole the whole experience was amazing. But yes, I'm, I'm proud of that. I, I don't know what's next, but I feel like I've got a lot more to give, a lot more to, I just want to try new things and push myself. Yeah. And Ryan, how about you? What, what do you want to do next or what, what can you tell us? Getting to work on um, stories like Pamela. And although Pamela's story had you know some very dark moments in it, this was a real breath of fresh air to get to be a part of collaborating with Pamela and getting to tell her life story. You know, I had made a film about Dr. Ruth previously and they're very different women, but I find, I find them very similar having spent years with both of them in that the way that they have fought adversity and still for whatever reason, Dr. Ruth, I would say is the ultimate optimist and Pamela is the ultimate romantic. And no matter how many times she's been burned by us or whomever, uh, she's still going to see the world romantically. Um, and so, you know, I'm always trying to find those types of stories. I want to find, and it doesn't have to be a celebrity, another, another Pamela that even if we're, work, we're working in these dark subject matters, which documentaries have to do, um, finding like people that, uh, like her that, that have an inspirational story that brings some light into the world. Pamela, we talked about style. I wonder who were your style icons growing up? Like, were there people that you looked at? I mean, a lot of those, I remember I just did a, I did a campaign with... Um, Jacques Jacquemus and Simon was like, so who was the stylist that put all those crazy costumes together? Like, you know, like the bedazzled pants and the pink hat. And I was like, it was me. I mean, I just went into my drawer and just found stuff and put it together and thought it was funny. Tommy did my makeup and we walked out the door. So it wasn't like I was trying to be anybody else. I was just trying to have fun. And I was trying to think, oh, we got a red carpet. Let's go crazy. Let's, you know, Tommy was flashing people with, you know, and I it was funny. And we just thought it was funny. It wasn't like we were trying to be, too serious. Yeah. And so I don't know. I wasn't really trying to copy anybody. I think the 90s was very much about trying to be different. Yeah. And now I think it's more, you know, trying to be 
blended kind of in or what's in fashion. We didn't think about that back then. Uh, Brandon, uh, your mom just mentioned uh, your dad. I wonder, have you heard from him since or what's been the response um, since it's come out? You know, I, I like to keep it like very, you know, it's a, it's a very, the film is a very, about a very sensitive time in everybody's lives. And so I didn't like, you know, I know he's watched it for sure, but I never like went to him and was like, you know, I'm never going to go to him and say, you know, how was the, what did you think? And, you know, it's, I let people process it, how they're going to process it. I did the same with my brother. I did the same with her. I'd never really asked what anybody thought about it. So sorry for the uninteresting answer, but no, no. he's very close to his dad. They're together all the time and everyone, you know, then he's with me all the time too. It's just, they've got very good relationship. Did you hear from any of the Baywatch co-stars? Oh God. Did I? No, 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 none of them. I'm no, no, no. I mean, I think I saw David Charvet in Malibu and I don't, I mean, I don't know. No, it wasn't like anything specific, but yeah, nothing bad and nothing good. Nothing. I mean, is it wild to you that that lives on in the public consciousness that Baywatch is a thing? I don't know. It was nice. Good, wholesome TV. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ryan, what do you want people to take away from this documentary? What do you hope that after everyone just watched it, what do you want people to go home with? Going back to that original no thank you when I heard Pamela Anderson and then getting to know her over the last couple years, I wanted and Brandon wanted the audience to meet this woman for who she really is. Uh, And so to me, I don't think about outcomes a lot, but getting to release the film with her and see the response and be in rooms with her like this one where I feel like that she's not a punchline anymore. And we understand that that was, that that was unfounded, that that was wrong, what we did to her. Um, and regardless of how many times she's been chewed up and spit out by us or by the media or society, that she's always um, remained this romantic. And so I've, I, I've just loved watching people, whether it's on the street or in an audience, root for Chicago for sure. I had tears in my eyes watching Pamela perform at Chicago because there was a room of a thousand people or 2000 people there. They were there for her to root for her and getting to watch that shift. uh, Now that I know her and care about her so much has been really, really rewarding. Yeah. You mentioned the media and I did pull this tweet that I saw online. It was from Ann V. Clark. Uh, And she said, the montage of male interviewers asking Pamela Anderson about her breast implants and interviews has inspired me. Late night hosts should ask male celebrities about their hair transplants. (laughs) And I just thought it was true. I mean, it's so shocking to watch that back where we are. I don't, where do you think we are, Pamela? Do you think we've made strides? Do you think we still have ways to go in your opinion? I mean, everyone can always get better. But I think the, the, the point is that I mean, I was just like a small town girl, came to LA. It was my first plane ride. I landed on Gay Pride Day. I started doing, you know, Playboy. Playboy asked me to come to the mansion to go to fight night. And I had to tell them I'm not fighting anybody. Like, I was just like, I was just growing for it, like day by day. And I was just trying to get through it. You know, there's, you know, Rick James is on one. Shirley MacLaine's over here. I'm just like trying to get through each day. And I just always chose to be joyful no matter what and appreciate what was happening and just going along for the ride. And some of those questions, like people say, you know, when I first started getting recognized and people started asking me these questions about certain things, I just was honest. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think about 
manipulating people or um, having a publicist or, you know, trying to create the, be careful what you say. I'm never really careful what I say. And so I, I still feel like in the end, it all turned out okay. Even though, yeah, I made a ton of mistakes or mistakes. I don't know. I just did the best I could. And I think I'm happy that people are a little bit more sensitive with people, but you know, it's, you just have to kind of, I just got through it. So I'm hoping things are better for people, but again, I just have my experience and you know, I, I got through it and I, and I, I'm not a victim. I feel like I'm, I was really, I'm really grateful for my experience and, and you know, even my childhood and things that have happened to me, I always, it just made me stronger and it may give me more empathy towards other people. And, you know, so I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm actually have a wonderful life and a great life. And all this is, is just kind of, I, and it's really weird. Like one of my first companies that I ever created when I came to LA was called Redemption. And I was like, maybe it feels a little bit redemptive to be, to, for everything to be so wonderful right now. Yeah. Well, I think I speak for everyone. We're all just rooting for you. And we're so grateful. I think the documentary was just so incredible. And if you haven't read Pamela's book, be sure to check that out because it's also great. I hope you're, are you still journaling? Every day. Ah, I love that. I'm a, yeah, I love that. Uh, Well, thank you all so much. Thank you very much. Thank you all for this wonderful movie. And thank you all for coming. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yay. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. This special segment is presented by KFC and Acast Creative. KFC just launched their chicken nuggets, and these nuggets are absolutely changing the game. Each one is hand-breaded and packed with KFC's famous original recipe. So basically what I'm saying is KFC took all the magic that is a bucket of chicken and packed it into their equally amazing chicken nuggets. I love these nuggets. I think they're honestly the best chicken nuggets on the market. I crave them at least once a week, if not more. Now, if you've been listening to Everything Iconic, I've been interviewing the nuggets in my life. So I did an interview with my nephew Brady, my niece Sophia, and I have my little cousin Christopher here. And I'm so excited to catch up with Chris over some KFC nuggets. Uh, Chris, how are you today? Oh, good. Hey, Uncle Danny. I'm good. How are you? You just had a birthday, right? Tell everyone how old you just turned. 12. 
I can't believe you're 12. It's blowing my, I remember you when you were a little, uh, an even smaller nugget, but now you're growing up. It's crazy. You're just getting older. Are you? No, don't say that. Are you enjoying your summer? Yeah, so far. We just got out of school like two weeks ago. So yes, I think we're going to go on vacation maybe. And you were telling me before we started recording and eating our nuggets that you were saying you get together with your friends in the neighborhood and you guys play hide and seek and stuff at night, right? And I was just telling um, my older brother, I was saying, your your cousin, I was telling Brian about how we used to play night games when we were your age. And we would call them night games and it was capture the flag and it was hide and go seek in the dark. And we just had the most fun in summertime getting everyone together and riding our bikes and then capture the flag was my favorite. Do you guys still play capture the flag? Uh, we don't play that, but we kind of hide and we have these cool LED lights that are on a headband that we wear. Um, and then we like, a like cave. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And then we run around and try to find each other. Um, but we can't really go that far because it's dark and our parents don't want us to. Yeah. And do you still ride bikes around the neighborhood? Is that do your parents allow you to do that? Yeah, I ride my bike everywhere. Oh, good. Good. Now, are you enjoying these KFC nuggets? Do you like them? Oh, yeah. These are probably my favorite um, nuggets. They're so good, right? Yeah. And I really like the sauce. I really like the KFC sauce. Like it makes them so good. Yeah. They're truly the best. I'm obsessed with these nuggets. Now, what are you up to the rest of the summer? Are you going to be playing sports? Are you doing any activities? What are you doing this summer? Otherwise, um, other than riding your bike? Uh, soccer, we've been playing soccer and I might play baseball, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to stop playing baseball and just play soccer because that's what I think is most fun and I'm best at. So yeah. I think I'll just do that. And then I think we're going on vacation at some time and I get to bring a friend. So that'll be fun. Can I be the friend? I want to come. You're too old. You know, don't, don't. How dare you say that again? Uh, I was also just going to talk about soccer for a second because I used to coach soccer for little kids. I, my friend Katie B and I, I don't think you ever met her, but her and I used to coach kindergarten soccer and we had the most fun, but they were much younger than you. I bet I could sco- score a goal on you. Yeah, I'm sure you could. I wasn't very good. Well, it was so, Chris, it was so fun catching up with you over these KFC nuggets. And I hope everyone goes out and tries these nuggets because they're so good. And thank you for being one of the nuggets in my life. And uh, we'll hopefully get together soon and with the rest of the family. Maybe we need to do like a big family reunion, family vacation, because we haven't done a big one with the extended family in a while. we got to get all the Italians together and and celebrate. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, thank you all for listening to this segment brought to you in partnership with KFC and ACAST Creative. If you're looking to bring a little flavor to bonding time with the kiddos in your life, run, don't walk to the nearest KFC and try the new Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets with 100% white meat, perfectly hand-breaded in KFC's original recipe. So, so good. Seriously, you've never had nuggets like these. Prices and participation may vary. 